Welcome in everybody, 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. Jake Marsing here in the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center for the Broncos Blitz for Thursday, October the 20th, 2016. <clears throat> and look who's <clears throat> back, look who's back. <sighs> Back again. The regular schedule is back. Ryan's am, back. I am going to be here regularly now. It was a, it was just a, a two-week period. That's all I needed. Ryan Green, my friend, my colleague, my partner on this program, back here at the UC Health Training Center as your Denver Broncos get set to take on the Houston Texans on Monday Night Football. First of all, Ryan, we have not heard from you in a while. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I only came out here because it's a nice day. Yesterday was a little cool. It's gorgeous. So. It's, a, it's a little warmer than I'd like. I went with the sweater today, which I try and yeah. do on like 55 degree days. It's like 60, so it's a little... Well, it's a black sweater, so that's... Yeah, yeah it's it, and if it's sunny, then it's not great. If it's like right. overcast, or then it's perfect. Something about that warm. building, too. It radiates heat. It does, because it's all glass yeah. on the outside. Uh, but anywho, uh, yeah, Denver Broncos, Ryan. They're getting set to take on the Houston Texans. And the big story out here today on this Thursday is the Broncos get back to work from their off day yesterday on this really weird, really long week that it's they're a, having. Everyone's week has been, like, thrown off. I, it's it's weird. Yeah. None of the players like it, I don't think. I think they're ready to go play. They like the rest. Right. But, but yeah, like, it's – it's. I, I think if, if you're a player, you probably have a bi-week mindset. Yeah. And by, uh, in a bi-week, you can still do – a regular schedule, but going from Thursday night to a Monday night, that's got to be just a weird schedule for them. No, I, I think it's definitely a weird schedule, and the Broncos are trying to figure out how to handle it. They're doing okay. Uh, my impression generally is that for most of these guys, this is the longest that they've ever gone between two football games. That's not a bye week and not the right. off season. So they're trying to figure out how to how to occupy themselves. Like I've said on the last two pods, this is literally the longest you can go in the NFL between two football games. Mm-hmm. It's really rare to have a Thursday to a Monday, but that's exactly the situation the Broncos put themselves in. We will break down this game, Ryan and I, on tomorrow's episode of the program. Is uh, I've almost finished my my Texans tape study. I'm almost done. I got some things to say. You got some things to I say. Got some things to say. But the big story out here today at Dove Valley at the UC Health Training Center was uh, some guy named Brock Osweiler, who happened to call. That sounds in. familiar. Yeah, he happened to call in to the Denver Bronco headquarters wow. as he's obligated to by the NFL. Did he ask for his job back? No, he did not. Uh-huh. Uh, Brock Osweiler, obviously the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans, the man who was supposed to be Peyton Manning's heir apparent, supposed to be the quarterback of the future for the Broncos, obviously last offseason, signs a $72 million contract with the Texans instead. Brock opened his press conference in a pretty, uh, uh, not not a press conference, but his conference call Uh with the Denver media in a pretty interesting way, talking about First, well, first, a pretty interesting interaction with Arnie Stapleton of the AP, and then going into why Brock decided to skip out on the ring ceremony and the Broncos' trip to the White House. Let's hear Brock first interacting with the AP's Arnie Stapleton. Good afternoon. Hey, Brock, how you doing, man? You never call us anymore. Who, who am I talking to? This is Arnie. Everybody? Everybody else well, here. It, it, it's because you don't call me first. Oh, well, we, we've been wanting to ask you some questions at the uh, White House and at the ring ceremony, but you didn't show up to those, so I guess we're going to have to ask you today. Hey, well, well, fortunately, you have me today, so 
shoot, shoot away. I'm here for you guys. Well, oh. why didn't you show up at the ring ceremony in the, the White House? Well, the the White House was pretty simple. You know, we had uh, we had an OTA that Monday. Um, you know, as as we've talked in the past, you know, learning a, a, a new offense, a new system. Uh, you know, like we went through in 2015 in Denver, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of repetitions, um, and and you can even multiply that when you're trying to learn a new system and you're trying to learn new te- teammates and, and build chemistry. So bottom line, I wasn't at the White House because uh, we had an OTA that Monday when, when the Broncos visited um, the president and the White House, and, and I felt like um, it was very important for me to be here with my new teammates and, and you know continue to learn this new system. What about the ring ceremony? Ring ceremony, same deal. You know, the ring ceremony was Sunday night. We had a practice on Monday. And if I wasn't at the, or excuse me, if I, if I went to the ring ceremony, I wouldn't have been able to catch a flight to be back in time for OTAs. And bottom line, it's the same deal. You know, there, there's so few OTAs, and when you're trying to learn a new system and, and learn new teammates and, and build chemistry with a new team, um, every single day is extremely important. So that's... Uh... Could have been Broncos quarterback Brock Osweiler opening his conference call with the Denver media. We'll play a little bit more sound from that call in just a moment. But, Ryan, you didn't, you weren't there for it. I was. I actually kind of posted up mm-hmm. next to the phone because I knew it was going to be a pretty big crowd. Most right. of the time, those conference calls have maybe like three or four people at them, myself and like leg wall. I wonder and, why today. Yeah. yeah, and it was crowded today. Yeah. Um, but my, my general impression from the conference call was a guy who was well-prepared, uh, knew these questions would come, gave, for the most part, pretty good PR-approved answers to the questions he was asked about why he didn't come back to the Broncos, his thinking, how it made him feel, getting benched against San Diego, all those different things. But underneath it, and I think you hear it in the very first interaction, that hilarious interaction with Arnie Stapleton, a touch of passive aggressiveness. He's a quarterback, so he's definitely passive. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, uh, and I'm not not to get too political, but he sounded a little bit like Hillary Clinton. You know, just kind of, oh, uh, oh. kind of like you said, like he, hey. he was, he knew what was coming, he knew what he was going to say, but he had a little attitude. Hey, there. I I think he's I think he's really a little bit more like Donald Trump because he did not accept the results of the Broncos quarterback decision. Okay, last year. that's all right. That that's a fair. Butum Ching. Um, so wrong. Yeah. Anyways, it, it's wrong. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. horrible. Um, so basically, the, uh, the the Broncos had that decision to make with the quarterback mm-hmm. last year, and the decision to to sit Brock against the Chargers obviously came up. He said, you know, I was getting benched for Peyton Manning. I was. He gave very good PR-approved kind of answers. But ultimately, I think the, the thing that, that rung really hollow to me, and the, the answer that he gave that I think fans are going to hear and are going to pick up on and are going to get a lot of traction, there was one question that he answered that I thought was the most revealing thing, but that he kind of took a little bit of a shot at the organization and he said that the Broncos had plenty of opportunities to offer him a long-term contract he said and essentially he said uh, well pull, here here's the sound let hear Brock give you okay. uh, here's Brock talking about uh, that decision 
You know, I, I really don't want to get into hypotheticals um, or anything like that. Bottom line, you know, Denver had the opportunity to, you know, um, extend an offer. Um, in fact, they had a great, very long period of time to extend an offer. Um, and so at the end of the day, right before free agency opened, there was two offers on the table. There was two teams to examine, to explore, to, to try to do as much research on as possible um, you know, to see what the best move moving forward would be. And, and ultimately, um, you know, obviously I chose the Texans, and, and that's because that's what I felt was best for my family and myself. So right there, Ryan, he's basically implying that the Broncos could have signed him to a long-term deal in any of the four years he was here, and they chose not to, instead waiting up until the time his contract expired. Well, which, which, real quick, will probably drive a little bit of will drive some Broncos fans bonkers, but it does speak to a perception that I've talked about a lot that does exist around the league about how the Broncos handle free agency and in particular treat their free agents. Yeah. um, I, you know, it, it, because I've heard the stories that, you know, he wasn't picking up his phone. And so like, and, and yes, they could have easily signed him in any of the four years, but they didn't see him play in any of the four years. So, like the Texans are finding out, why are we going to be dropping a lot of money on someone we don't know if they can be the person that we're going to spend that money on, you know? So I, it sounds like he's still just a little bitter. I kind of understand it, but um, but like you said, it, it it is a perception the Broncos have. They're the defending Super Bowl champions, so I don't know if you can necessar- necessarily say it's yeah, the you incorrect take it, you take way. Yeah, you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, for but sure. I'm sure I can't imagine the Patriots and Bill Belichick have any, like, you know, better reputation. You know, well, look what they do to their free agents. It, it, this is a business, you know. Like, generally, the, the perception is that the Broncos wait too long to sign their own guys, and by the time true. they offer them, they're usually at their highest possible value. Uh, and they get and they lose out on a lot of guys. That's Brock, fair. Danny Trevathan included, Absolutely. Malik Jackson. So that's the perception. I think that quote speaks to that. So that was really, in my opinion, the only substantive thing uh-huh. that Brock said. Here in a little while, if it's not up already at 5280sportsnetwork.com, I'll have a piece kind of looking at Brock's entire press conference, get some quotes from Bill O'Brien as well. about uh, He gave his presser as well about what Brock's... Uh, performance has been like in Houston, the perception of him down there, mm-hmm. and the perception that maybe O'Brien, uh, bringing in Brock was not O'Brien's decision. I asked him that question. He did not necessarily appreciate being <laughs> asked that question. So that was Brock today uh, talking, Ryan. And then a little bit later, Trevor Simeon, the actual quarterback, the, the, the successor to Peyton Manning, the one that many people thought Brock would be. Mm-hmm. Trevor got up and talked, talked about a lot of different things, talked about his shoulder, talked about... One day at a time. I don't know if... Did he get asked a question about the Texans' defense? Uh, he I don't did. even know if he, he did. He did, and because uh, they... Uh, I forget who asked it, but they said Kubiak thinks this is going to be the best defense that, he's played all year. Kubiak said that, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but yeah, they yeah, asked yeah. him. They said, hey, Kubiak said this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, What is your opinion? So, yeah, that'll uh, that'll be up on the site in a little while as well, just saying what, what, what Trevor had to say. But uh, I asked Trevor about Brock. I asked him about... And in particular, I was interested in the relationship that those two guys had. Because, mm-hmm. remember, Trevor was Brock's backup. Yeah. Trevor, during those, those seven weeks that Brock was the Broncos' starting quarterback, he was uh, he was Brock's backup. And I asked him about their relationship. Well, yeah, it was great. I mean, um, you know, I've learned a ton from Peyton, obviously. But then I, I learned a ton from Brock as well and the situation that he was in. So, uh, Brock's a good friend. Um, I, and I wish him really well. What's your reaction to that, Ryan? 
Uh, I, I think that was a great question. I, I would assume, especially with Peyton being the head guy, that the second and third string guys probably have a really good relationship. Uh, it, it's they, They're kind of in the same situation. They're not playing. They're probably on the bench together a lot. They're obviously on the practice field, not getting you know reps with the starters on the sideline. Um, I I would be curious as to the intricacies that Brock helped him out with. That I, I don't expect Trevor to go into those things. You know, I, I don't expect any NFL player to get that detailed. But um, I think I think that's expected, and I think um, Trevor probably learned a lot about the backup role. And and you know, I think he's doing certainly okay in the first couple of, you know games in the season. So. It's it's good to know, and, and it just shows that most NFL players are friends. You know, they they they're in the same position. They're you know, it doesn't matter really what team. They're all kind of on the same team really as players. So yeah, that didn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean he's been all right. I thought uh, mm-hmm. Trevor's been okay uh, in terms of his play. I talked about that during the week, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Okay, I got some. Um, yeah. yeah, we can talk about actual play. I think focusing on Brock today because he really was. The story. The one other little story that I think we can dive into in terms of game preview stuff is this ongoing conversation about C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, and the Broncos running mm-hmm. game. This is such... It's it's really kind of testy. Players do it, not yeah. necessarily like talking about it because yeah. it is clearly an issue. Um, what do you... Just quickly, Ron, I haven't had a chance to ask you, what do you think about the performance of the Broncos running backs and the running game overall, which has been pretty stagnant the last couple of weeks? Uh, stagnant's the correct term to use. Um, I think it's... I think it's just been a mixture of everything. I think most fans just want to put every offensive blame on the offensive line. You know, like, oh, how can Trevor throw from his back? You know, how is... How, how is CJ supposed to break a tackle five yards in the backfield? But um, CJ talked about it. He said it's execution. You know, it's not so much play calling. It's execution. Uh, there were plays that they, he wished were called again during games because he could see what they could have done differently and it would have worked out. Um, but I think I like CJ. I really do. I think he's a great player. I love his heart. Everyone should have his attitude. And he is, as a, from a media standpoint, he's a great soundbite. But I don't think that he should be in this... 70% carry role that he has. I mean, a lot of people forget last year, Ron Hillman was the leading rusher. And I think CJ is a good complimentary back. Uh, and I just... Nate Lundy tweeted out a great stat the other day. His first 10 carries in Who? each game... Nate Lundy. Oh, I haven't heard of him. <laughs> no, that's our boss. Um, Continue. He, he tweeted out a great stat. And the, the, the 10 uh, rushes to start the game for CJ, he's averaging 4.1 yards a carry. Everything after that, he's averaging 2.4. So something is there, whether it's just he just needs to have a little break every now and then or they need to change it up for CJ to kind of get going and into a rhythm or something. I just think they need to get Devontae Booker more carries because they think the world of Devontae, this organization. They they really like what he does. They, they trust him. And I think fans saw in the San Diego game last week of what he can do, and I just think they need to keep progressing him and make it really a two-back backfield. Here's the thing. When when CJ is at his best, he is a better running back, I think, than Devontae Booker is at his best. At the moment. As of today. Yeah. And that's as far as we can judge. Right. We can talk about Booker's potential, and I think he has a lot of upside. Yeah. But right now, when CJ is at his best, he's a better running back than, than Devontae Booker. At CU, which is uh, the beat that Matt Smith primarily covers for us that I do written pieces and, and some other things mm-hmm. on. Mike McIntyre, who has done a really nice job turning around that program, 
he uses the phrase break through the glass to, mm-hmm. for his running backs. He coaches his running backs to hit that hole with ferocity, with uh, with with just everything you've got. Lower your shoulder mm-hmm. and break through the glass. Right now, CJ's not doing that. Right now, CJ's a little pitter pat. He's yeah. a little bit. He's a little bit hesitant. I think a lot of that has to do with him not necessarily trusting his offensive line. So the Broncos obviously have a very good perception of what's going on, and I think they're going to try and address a lot of the issues that this team has right now. I talked about it in the last couple podcasts. Slow starts on defense and inability to cover mm-hmm. running backs and tight ends on offense can't get the running game going. Yeah, That's where everything starts with this offense, Ryan, because when the running game isn't working, the passing game doesn't work. Because no. everything in this offense is so yeah. based on misdirection and getting guys open. Yeah, and you can't have Trevor throwing 50 balls a game. That's just, no, you that's can't. That's a recipe for failure. I think that was a little isolated because they fell behind. I get and that. Kinda, but I, I think you're right. You absolutely can't have that. And you can't have C.J. Anderson only running the ball 11 times right. in this offense. Kubiak said it best. They ran five plays and were down 10 nothing. You can't have yeah. that. That can't, that can't happen. And it, it, even if you have to... Like, their second drive came in the second quarter. You can't have that. you got to at least dictate some clock and time of possession. And the running game, like you said, is where that starts. And if you go back and read the piece I did, the film study piece at 5280sportsnetwork.com, I I mention it again. Everything, Ryan, starts with the running game and being able to establish it. The Broncos have to find a better way to do that. It starts Mm -hmm. up front, but the running back situation with Devontae and CJ contributes to that as well. Hey, it's pretty warm all of a sudden Yeah, in here. I'm in a Park very car. hot sweater yeah. here in the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center. So I think let's go ahead and get out of here All right, for today. We've got some talking tomorrow. We got, we're going to talk tomorrow. Look on the website coming a little bit later for a, that piece detailing uh, Brock's conference call, what, his, what he had to say about his decision to leave the Broncos and what players said about him. Uh, look for that also potentially tomorrow. Look for the game preview, the big, fat, honking game preview piece on uh, 5280sportsnetwork.com, previewing Broncos, uh, Houston Texans. Right now, Ryan, let's get out of here because I'm starting to lose my train of thought okay. in this odd car. He's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marson. This is 5280 Sports Network.